the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The same God that delivers you out of suffering, that's the one you delight in in the midst of prayer. So he's saying in the good times and the grueling times, in the seasons of despair and the moments of delight, that's when you pray. Prayer is the answer. Welcome to The Barnabas Effect with Paul Purvis, Senior Pastor of Mission Hill Church, a multicultural, multi-generational, multiplying church focused on shining the light and love of Jesus like a city on a hill. You're invited to visit any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. For information and locations, visit missionhill.org. That's missionhill.org. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis. Like a car without fuel, a life without prayer grinds to a halt. Like a lamp without electricity, the prayer-starved Christian fails to shine in a dark, and desperate world. But Chuck Swindoll goes on to say, but show me a man or woman of prevailing prayer and I'll show you a man or woman with deep faith. Effective, fervent prayer moves the heart of the omnipotent God of the universe. Today we conclude our series of messages from the book of James written by the half-brother of Jesus to the Jerusalem church a book that describes the importance of living out the Christian faith, real faith that works even when life doesn't. Some have described James as the most practical book in the Bible or at least all of the New Testament. And today, James concludes his letter with one simple message. Prayer is the answer. I want you to say that together with me. Prayer is is the answer. James was known for his prayer life. Eusebius, one of the earliest Christian historians, said this of James. He used to enter the temple alone, into the temple, and he was found kneeling and praying for the forgiveness for the people so that his knees grew hard like a camel's because of the constant worship of God, kneeling and asking forgiveness for the people. So often did he pray that he was referred to as old camel knees because he developed knots on his knees from long seasons of prayer. Oh, that we would be known because our bodies have been impacted from the posture of prayer. You simply cannot live the Christian life without powerful, personal, persistent prayer because the prayers of a righteous person have great power as they are working. Someone has said that prayer is the key to unlocking God's prevailing power in your life. The Puritan Samuel Chadwick said, one concern of the devil is to keep the Christian from praying. The Christian martyr Jim Elliott said this, the saint who advances on his knees never retreats. And Jesus said, man ought to pray and not 
lose heart. Why is this so important? It's important. It's essential. Because the prayers of a righteous person have great power as they are working. I want you to understand that today. Prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. I want you to look with me in James chapter 5. We're going to pick up in verse 13. This is the word of God, perfect and true, applicable to our lives today and every day. Verse 13, is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he's committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again. Heaven gave rain. The earth bore its fruit. My brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone brings him back, let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. In the next few minutes, we're going to discuss from God's word what I believe is the essential trait of every Christ follower, the praying life. So we would be remiss if we didn't pause once more and cover this time, calling out to God, asking him to join us at this moment, in this place, for his glory. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we have come before you and we have cried out. We surrender all. Lord, you're an almighty God, sovereign in the universe, knowing all, powerful enough to do anything you desire, present everywhere. We are so feeble. We are so needy. It should be so simple for us to surrender all to you. And yet we gather in rooms like this on regular occasions, as le- at least I do, people like me do. And, and we sing that song or we say these words. And, and then as we leave, we take things back into our own hands. That's not our desire. God, we need you. Our world is in desperate need of you. This sin-sick, dark world is in need of a saved, light-shining church. So God, meet us here so that you might move us to new heights. Do in us today what you want to do through us. God, teach us those things we haven't yet learned. Give us those things we don't have. Make us men and women, boys and girls who are different, more usable for your glory. No, God. Even in these moments, would you protect me from those presumptuous sins where I would depend upon myself, not on you. So let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, my strength and my redeemer. Specifically, 
I ask for healing today. I ask for salvation today. I ask for reviving of a wandering soul today. And I ask this in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. James is concluding his letter in the same way he began. Whatever you need, prayer is the answer. There's nothing you'll face in life that's too complicated, that's too complex, that's, that's too difficult for prayer. He tells us when to pray and he tells us how to pray. But before we dive into that, we probably should make sure we understand what prayer is. We talk about it a lot as Christ followers, but maybe you need a reminder of the simplicity and definition of prayer. Prayer is simply calling out to God. I tried to think of which word to use. Part of me wants to say crying out to God, but some of you have a negative understanding of crying. And I want you to know that all that prayer is, is you, however you verbalize it, however you vocalize it, crying out, calling out to the God of the universe, whatever the situation, whatever your need, calling out to God. And the Bible says that when we call out to God, he hears. Someone told me long ago that it's God's phone number, Jeremiah 33.3, call out to God. This morning in the Psalms, I was reading five chapters of Psalms. In Psalm 17.6, it says, I will call upon you, for you will answer me, O God. Incline your ear to me. Hear my words. In Psalms 18.6, it says, in my distress, I called upon the Lord. To my God, I cried for help. From his temple, he heard my voice, and my cry to him reached his ears. You can even use the letters in the word pray to remember what it means to pray. Think of those letters, P-R-A-Y. What do they stand for? The P, it can stand for pray continually. James is going to tell us that prayer is something that should be continually on our lips. The R Reminds us to request courageously. James is going to let us know that we should pray in faith. That when we request things of God, we should believe that he is going to answer. That leads us to the letter A. We anticipate confidently. God is not human. He is no one to be looked at like us. He is the God of all that is. When we cry out to God, when we call out to him, we should expect that he is going to answer for our good and for his glory. But we end the prayer That letter Y reminds us that we yield confidently. We yield completely. We say to God, God, not my will, but thy will be done. When should I do this? All the time. That was the words of Jesus. That's the words of the Apostle Paul in 1 Thessalonians 5, 17. Pray without ceasing. And you're going to see that's the words of James. Whatever your life situation, pray. And he gives us four different examples. Let's dive right in. First, he says, prayer is the answer when you're suffering. Prayer is the answer when you're suffering. This is a word that is used to describe all different kinds of suffering. Every one of us have been through some kind of suffering, whether it's physical illness, mental or emotional illness, financial stress, job loss, relational tension, I could go on. I believe all of us have either just come out of a storm, we're in the midst of a storm, or we may not realize it, but we're headed into a storm. Suffering is a part of life. This is not new from James. In fact, James begins the book this way. 
James chapter 1, verses 2 and 3, he says, Brothers, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, suffering, testing times, it literally means, because the trying of your faith, it, it works patience. Hi, I'm Paul Purvis, the lead pastor of Mission Hill Church right here in Tampa Bay. Thanks for taking the time to listen to today's The Barnabas Effect. It's a ministry intended to encourage, equip, and empower you. You may not know this, but this ministry is made possible because of the generosity of listeners like you. We are able to be on the air because listeners like you are gracious and give to this ministry. Would you consider making a gift today? It would be our honor to send you a gift, a resource, as a result of your gift of any size. And you can make that gift by going to missionhill.org and clicking on the banner that says The Barnabas Effect. That will direct you to a simple way that you can give right there online. Thanks again for listening to The Barnabas Effect today. And now we continue with our message. James is once again telling us we need patience. It's not a surprise. Earlier in chapter 5, he mentions that word patience seven times. And now in these verses, he's going to remind us to pray. Guess how many times? Seven times. You know what that teaches me? When you face times that try your patience, prayer is always the answer. We face those times of difficulty, those times of suffering. And James is saying, when you face those times, pray. Too often, prayer is our last resort when it should be our first response. When you find yourself in the midst of one of those times you don't understand, the first thing you should do is call out to God. God may deliver you from it. God may deliver you through it. He may just give you peace to let you know that he's with you. He's not going to leave you. He's not going to forsake you. But prayer is always the answer. Now, James goes on to tell us something that I think is also significant. When we're not in those seasons of suffering, sometimes life is good. In those moments, prayer is still the answer. Do you see what he says? He says, to anyone cheerful, let him sing praise. So you're going through one of those difficult times. You cry out to God in prayer. Oh, God, help me in the name of Jesus. But you're facing a good time. Life's okay right now. Everything's not falling apart. You better make sure you're praising God. You better make sure you're going to God in praise and prayer and thanking him for what he's done, praising him for who he is. Because the same God that delivers you out of suffering, that's the one you delight in in the midst of prayer. So he's saying in the good times and the grueling times, in the seasons of despair and the moments of delight, that's when you pray. Prayer is the answer when you're suffering. But he continues. He says prayer is also the answer when you're sick. Now this is relevant, right? We can understand this. Look back at verses 14 and 15. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. In this passage, he uses three different words to describe sickness. One word is speaking to something that comes from the outside. So something has, has come from the outside and, and now you're overcome with sickness. 
maybe like, I don't know, a virus, something that's viral that you could catch, maybe from another person or from something. Uh, Another word that he uses for sickness just simply means without strength. So that's what happens when we get sick, right? We, We feel like we can't go on. You get tired. You get lethargic. And then the third word he uses describes a weariness of mind. So my sickness has come over me, and and now I'm just, I'm discouraged. I just want to lay in bed. And so it's clear James is talking about physical sickness. He's also talking about mental sickness or emotional sickness. And here he says, whenever a person is sick, prayer is the answer. And then he involves the church. So we begin to see that prayer is important personally, but prayer is also important corporately. Prayer should be a part of your everyday life wherever you are, but prayer must be a part of the church when we come together. Now, how do the two meet? He says when a person is sick, you should be the one to initiate going to the elders, the leaders, the pastors of the church and saying, will you pray for me? And he even gives an example. He says, ask them to anoint with oil. What does this mean? Sometimes we read things in Scripture and we think, what, oil? I mean, do we get some Crisco? I mean, what is is James saying here? What do we do? Well, we look to Scripture. There are two ways that anointing of oil is used in Scripture. If you look to Luke 10, you see the story of the Good Samaritan. What does Jesus say the Good Samaritan does when he comes upon? First thing he does is he anoints him with some oil. That's implying that there was oil that had medicinal purposes. There may be a time that you use medicine to help you. You don't come to me for your medicine from a pharmaceutical. You go to your physician. But there are some times when we're sick and we need medicines. I have a couple of chronic issues. I'm asking God to heal me from those issues. But until he does, I'm going to obey the doctors and I'm going to utilize medicine to help me with that sickness. But another way oil was used in Scripture was to set apart, to consecrate. And so again and again and again in the Old Testament and the New, we see people anointed with oil for the purpose of being set apart for the spirits moving in their life. James could have been speaking to both of these purposes here when he says, if anyone is sick, you you go to the elders and you ask them to anoint you with oil, to set you apart and say, Holy Spirit, would you so work in this moment? Would you move in such a way that lives are changed for their good and your glory? Now, in our church, we encourage you to do this. In fact, this weekend, this Wednesday, we'll be having a house of prayer. And in this house of prayer, we'll be taking time specifically to pray for those who are sick. If you desire to be anointed with oil, we would be honored to honor the Scriptures and obey the Scriptures and do that for you on Wednesday evening. But I would think it would be somewhat wrong of us not to recognize that this is a strategic moment to obey this this passage. Our world is being savaged by an illness. And this particular weekend, even the president of our nation is one of the many who are sick. I want us to pause right now and just pray a prayer for healing. Yes, for our president and the first lady, all those impacted by this illness. Let's pray that God would rid our world of this virus 
and let's pray for healing even here in this place. Would you join me in prayer? Oh God, you are the great physician. You are the one who heals all medicine, all other healing is an outflow of your will and certainly from your wisdom. So God, it's natural that we come to you when we're sick, but it's also natural that we come to you on behalf of others. And we do so right here, right now, this day, particularly praying for the president of the United States, praying for the first lady, the many that we have heard that are well known that have this disease and the many, many others whose name only perhaps their family knows. God, we pray for healing from COVID-19 in the name of Jesus. And Heavenly Father, I ask you, through the power of the Holy Spirit, however you choose, would you rid this world of what has become like a modern-day plague? Would you take away this virus and the pain and the confusion, the deceit and the division that it seems to add to in this dark world. God, rid us of the coronavirus for your glory in the name of Jesus. God, we also recognize that there are many others battling illness. God, we hate cancer. We hate the impact of how it affects our world and our friends and our family. We pray for healing from cancer in the name of Jesus. God, I hate Alzheimer's and dementia. God, this deterioration of the brain has affected so many in such a difficult way. I pray for healing from this disease in the name of Jesus. Lord, there's so many other things even impacting this room, whether it be heart disease or high blood pressure or diabetes. God, I pray in the name of Jesus for healing for your people, for your glory. And God, I thank you because we know that you are the great physician and you will do according to your will. And so we submit to that right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Prayer is the answer in the midst of suffering. Prayer is the answer in the midst of sickness. Before I give you the next answer that prayer gives us, I want to remind you of something. Don't waste your sickness. You're going through something today. You're in one of those categories or one I did not mention. Don't waste your sickness. Use this as an opportunity while you pray for healing, for God to receive glory in your life, for him to be honored through how you live out your life. Don't waste your sickness. But James goes on to tell us prayer is also the answer when you've sinned. Look at this next verse. It's very interesting. Verse 16, therefore, confess your sins to one another. Pray for one another that you may be healed prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. There's that phrase, that continual phrase that we've been discussing. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it's working. You want to live in power. You want to experience the moving of God in your life. You want to feel something. You want to experience your faith. Don't just go to a concert. Don't just come to church or watch a television show. Pray, because the prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Why do we need to pray for healing when we sin? Sin doesn't break our relationship with God if we're Christ followers, but sin does break our fellowship with God. 
So sin can cause sickness in our life. So that's why James says, when you need healing from sin, you need to pray. What do we pray? We pray the prayer of confession. It's 1 John 1, verse 9. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Aren't you so grateful for that truth? If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just, forgiving of us of our sins and cleansing us of all unrighteousness. Let the believers in Jesus Christ praise the Lord for that spiritual truth. You've been listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. The Barnabas Effect is here to provide listeners like you with biblical truth and spiritual encouragement. But it can't be done without your financial support. Go to missionhill.org and click on the Give tab. Your financial support helps us reach those seeking truth about God and themselves. Thank you for giving at missionhill.org. And join us weekdays at 9 a.m. for The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis on Faith Talk AM 570 and 910. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.